Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner and my friend, I've been waiting for you. And today we're going to return to James chapter three, where we're going to continue looking at the power of the tongue. And tomorrow we're going to see how to discern whether revelation is from above or whether the revelation is from some other source. This teaching is simply going to be marvelous. And I'm so glad that you've joined me today. And I'm offering you my entire series, which is called Taming the Tongue and Discerning the Real Source of Revelations. The subtitle says, Practical Help for Controlling Your Mouth. We all need help to control our mouth. This series has practical help for controlling your mouth and sensibly discerning right and wrong revelation. There's so many things today being shared on the internet. You need to be able to discern whether it's from God or whether it is from some other source. And there's a way for you to sensibly discern it. And that's what's in this series. And I want you to order yours by going online or by giving us a call. And remember that it comes with a wonderful study guide that is filled with all the Greek words and the points and the principles. Everything in these programs is also in the study guide so that you can read it while you see it or while you hear it. And right now we're also offering you a very small book by me, which is unusual. I don't write many small books, but this is a really good book and you can read it in one setting. And it's called Testing the Supernatural. How to biblically test dreams, visions, and revelations and supernatural manifestations. Everybody needs to read this book. And we're also offering you another book by me called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. The foreword is written by my friend John Bevere. The subtitle says, Developing Discernment for These Last Days. Please order this. If you do not already have a copy of this book, this is really a book that you need to read. And you ought to order a couple because you for sure are going to want to make sure somebody else reads this book. And when you become a partner with our ministry, I always tell you that we're going to send you two books as our way of saying welcome to our partner family. A partner is anyone who regularly financially gives to our ministry to help us take this teaching to people all over the world. Proverbs 10, 21 says, The lips of the righteous feed many. I know that's my job, to bring teaching that people can trust right to them wherever they are, but we can only do it because of our partners who put financial fuel in the tank. And if this program has been a blessing to you, would you help it to become a blessing to somebody else by becoming a partner with our ministry? And the moment you become a partner, we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness and my book called Life in the Combat Zone because we always send these two books to anyone who becomes a part of our partner family. Thank you so much. And remember that if you need prayer, we're waiting for the phone to ring right now. Ring the phone or send us an email. And the moment we hear from you, we're going to really release our faith and believe for God to move on your behalf, and He will. We have so many testimonies of people who have reached out to us for prayer, and God has answered and moved mightily in their life. And God will move mighty in your life too, but we need to know how to pray. So give us a call or send us an email. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire strengthen and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. 
reach for your Bible. And today we're going to go back to James chapter 3, verse 1, where we started on Monday. Listen to what James says in James chapter 3, verse 1. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Who will receive the greater condemnation? Those who claim to be masters. And the word masters in verse 1 is a translation of the Greek word didaskalos, which is the Greek equivalent for the Hebrew word rabbi. But it describes one who has a masterful grip on the scriptures. It's the very same word used in the four gospels very often when the disciples would call Jesus master. That's the same word. The Greek word didaskalos it was acknowledging that Jesus was the one with the most masterful grip on Scripture above all else. It carries the idea of a revelator. Well, when you come to James chapter 3, James is going to talk about the power of the tongue and how to discern right and wrong revelation. And now he says in verse 1, hey, you better be careful because if you claim that you're a revelator, if you claim that you have a masterful grip on Scripture and you use your public forum to influence others, you are going to receive the greater condemnation. And the word condemnation is a translation of the Greek word crime. Now, I'm going to tell you, people will judge you for what you say. But most important is for you to know that God himself will scrutinize every word, every phrase, every nuance spoken by somebody who claims to be a revelator, and the court of heaven will pass down a verdict declaring whether the revelation is right or whether it is wrong. That's what this word crima, translated condemnation, really means in verse 1. Then in verse 2, he says, for in many things we offend all. We saw this word offend means we mess up. And then he adds, but if any man offend not in word, the Greek says in logo, in speech, in what he says, the same as a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. So we find the mouth is very powerful. If you have a grip on your mouth and if you can tame your tongue, then you can tame every area of your life. And then he begins to give us specific examples. Listen to verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. That is amazing that a big, powerful, muscular horse can be completely controlled by a little bit that we put into its mouth. Then in verse 4, he says, behold also. The word also in Greek is kai. Behold additionally, or here. Let me give you another example, the ships. This word ships describes massive ships, massive in size, massive in strength, which though they be so great, and are driven to fierce winds, yet are they turned about by a very small helm. The Greek word describes the rudder of the ship. And that truly is amazing, that massive, massive ships can be guided and can be directed by a very small, almost unnoticeable rudder. Then when you come to verse 5, he says, even so, the Greek says, likewise, in the very same way, the tongue is a little member. The tongue in Greek has a definite article, which means he's really saying the tongue. Now here is the real subject. And he says it is a little member. It's little. Just like the bridle that you put in the mouth of a horse, it's little. Just like the rudder of a ship that gives direction and keeps things moving forward, the tongue is a little member. The word little in Greek is the word mikros. It's where you get the word for something that is microscopic, 
If you look at your whole body, the tongue is a very small member. And the word member is the Greek word malos. And guess what? The word melos can describe the rudder of a ship that keeps a ship moving forward in the right direction, but it is also the very word used by the Greeks to describe weapons of war. The tongue may be small, but if you use the tongue correctly, it will keep you moving in the right direction. And if you use your tongue wrong, it will become a weapon of war. Now, that's what we covered yesterday, and today we're going to pick up in verse 6. So let's look at James chapter 3 and verse 6. And he says, and the tongue. And in Greek, again, we have a definite article. It's almost like he's yelling, and the tongue. Here's the subject, folks. This is what I'm talking to you about. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. That is a pretty powerful statement about the tongue. But notice he says the tongue is a world of iniquity. And the Greek is so very interesting. The Greek says, hokosmos tes adikias. Cosmos is the word for, word for a whole universe or a whole system. Adikeos carries the idea of something filled with injustice, hurt, something that is damaging. When you put the whole phrase together, this phrase, a world of iniquity, literally means the tongue, the tongue is a universe of its own, filled with hurt, injustice, wickedness, and all kinds of violations the tongue has its own world, its own universe, and all of that is in it. What's in it? Hurt, injustice, wickedness, violations. In fact, he says, it defileth the whole body. The word defileth, a translation of the Greek word spilos, it's where you get the word to spill, to spill. It literally means to stain, to defile, or to contaminate, which means the tongue stains, the tongue defiles, the tongue contaminates. It means to spill something that creates a stain, which is a permanent defilement, a permanent contamination. Let's say somebody's walking through your living room and you have white carpet and they're carrying a glass of grape juice and they trip. And suddenly the grape juice goes all over the white carpet. Well, as much as you scrub to get the stain out, the stain remains. Every time you walk by that stain and See that grape juice on your carpet? That stain reminds you of an event. You remember the person who foolishly tripped in your living room carrying a glass of grape juice on your white carpet. It is a permanent reminder. And likewise, the tongue. It's a universe of its own. It's filled with hurt, injustice, wickedness, violations. And if you don't control it, your tongue will begin to speak words that stain someone in the eyes of someone else. How many times have you heard something about someone? You don't know whether it's true or not, but because of what you heard about them, your thinking about them has become stained. Every time you see that person, you think about what somebody told you about them. It is a permanent defilement. My friends, we need to be careful about what we speak and not stain and defile the thinking of other people about people they don't even know. It's wrong, but that's what the tongue does. It's a universe of its own filled with hurt, injustice, wickedness, and violations. 
In fact, he goes on in verse 6 and says, And setteth on fire the course of nature, setteth on fire the Greek word phlegizo, which really means it ignites. It describes raging fire or raging passions. It's amazing what passion can be released when the tongue just speaks wildly. And it goes on to say, and is set on fire of hell. The Greek says, being ignited and inflamed by hell itself. That is just remarkable. Then in verse 7, we saw that James says, For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. The word beast, the Greek word therion, describes wild beasts like lions, tigers, and bears. If you've ever been to the circus, it is remarkable, but they can be domesticated and they can be tamed. But then James says birds. Even birds can be tamed. They can be tamed to carry messages. They can be tamed to obey you. They can be tamed to speak. Parrots can speak. Minor birds can speak. It is amazing that you can tame a bird. But then he mentions serpents. Even serpents can be tamed, James says. And then he says things in the sea. The Greek says marine creatures. When I took Philip to the National Aquarium when he was a little boy, I'll never forget, he and I sat in our seat and watched as whales, whales, jumped through hoops of fire. I remember thinking, how do you teach a whale to jump through a hoop of fire? But even marine creatures, this verse says, is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. And the word tamed, the Greek word damadzo, and listen to what it means. It means to domesticate to subdue, to bring under control. It was used to describe animal trainers who were experts at capturing and domesticating the wildest and most ferocious of beasts like lions, tigers, and bears. And now James says all of these creatures, wild as they are, they can be domesticated, they can be subdued, they can be brought under control and even tamed. But then he adds in verse 8, but the tongue... Can no man tame? The word but in Greek is the word day. It is very emphatic. It's very categorical. You could translate it, but however, categorically, emphatically, and then the words, the tongue again has a definite article. James is making his point again and again. The tongue can no man tame. No man in Greek is udes. It means absolutely no one. The word tame Again, the Greek word, which means to domesticate. That is amazing. In fact, he goes on in verse 8 and says, The tongue is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. The word unruly is the Greek word for something that is unstable, something uncontrollable, or something that is anarchist. Let me ask you, have you ever been sitting in a conversation thinking, Oh, I want to say something. Oh, that I shouldn't say it. I shouldn't say it. You do everything you can to keep yourself from saying it, and then suddenly, bam, you say it. You know why? Because the tongue that is not controlled by the Holy Spirit cannot be domesticated. James says it is unruly and it is evil. The word evil from the Greek word kakos, it describes something that is inappropriate. And he goes on to say it is full of deadly poison. The word full, the Greek word mestos, describes something jam-packed, filled to the brim with deadly poison. And listen to this. The word poison is the Greek word isos, which describes the poison of an asp. The poison of an asp is deadly 
But this verse says, deadly poison. The word deadly that is used here really means death producing. But when you put it all together, this is the very word which was used to, to describe arrows, arrows. <laughs> Your mouth can shoot arrows. Arrows or words that carry death. Words that carry poison and words that are death producing. And the word full, the Greek word mestos, it's really the picture of a poisonous snake. Poisonous snakes are nervous snakes. They're very difficult to domesticate. A poisonous snake is very nervous. You can't control it. You don't know when it's going to strike. And its poison banks are in the head. And when a poisonous snake bites, it injects its fangs into its victim and then pushes down. And when it pushes down, it presses all the poison that it is full with into its victim. And it keeps pressing and pressing until it has emptied all of its poison into the victim. And James says, that's what the tongue does that is not under the control of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, has anybody ever put their fangs in you? Or have you ever verbally put your fangs in someone else? And rather than let up, you just kept pushing and pushing and pushing until you delivered the full load of poison into the person that you were speaking to? That's how James describes the tongue. And then he says in verse 9, Therewith bless we God the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. The word bless is the Greek word eulogia. It's very important for you to understand what the word bless means. For example, we find this word used in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, where the Bible says we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Here we find the same word, the word bless, the Greek word eulogia. What does it mean to be blessed? Well, the word blessing describes more than something that's just conferred upon you. It's a compound of two words, the word you, which describes something good or wonderful, and the word logos, which is the word for words, which means blessings are never silent. Blessings are verbally delivered. They're verbally delivered. It's good words. God has blessed us and we are privileged to speak good words to other people, to declare blessings into other people's lives. But wait, James goes on to say, and therewith curse we men. The word curse is a horrible Greek word. It's a compound of two words. The word kata means down. That's the first part of the word. The second part of the word is the word era. This word era is the word for a curse or an incantation. But when you compound the two words together, the word curse literally means to speak a curse down on somebody, to damn them, or to verbally doom them. Now, isn't it amazing that the same mouth can speak such good words to somebody else? And every time you speak a good word to somebody else, you are conveying a blessing to them. And from the same mouth, we can damn somebody and verbally doom them. James says this is not right. And that's why he goes on in verse 10 and says, Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing my brethren. And by the way, this is the seventh time in the book of James that he calls his readers brethren. He's coming right down into the trenches, looking them right in the face, speaking to them directly. My brethren, my comrades, hear me. He's appealing to them. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. But notice that the first of verse 10, he says, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing 
and cursing. And the word mouth is the Greek word stoma, which can describe the physical mouth. But figuratively, this word mouth, the Greek word stoma, described the point of a sword. The point of a sword. You know, with a knife, you can perform surgery and save someone's life. You can bring healing to them. With the very same knife, you can kill somebody. And in this verse, James is saying that our tongues have the power to heal or our tongues have the power to kill. Our mouths are very, very powerful. And he says, blessing and cursing should not proceed out of the same mouth. And then he goes on to verse 11 and rhetorically asks, Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? The word fountain, the Greek word pege, it means that our mouth is the outlet for what is in us. What's in us is what comes out of us. We are a fountain, and the fountain is released through the mouth. In fact, the verse says, does a fountain send forth? Send forth is the Greek word brue, means to gush forth like a stream that is bubbling up from under the ground and coming out of a crevice. Does it send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Sweet, the Greek word glucase, it means something that is very sweet. The word bitter, the Greek word pikria, it describes something that is acidic, something that is bitter, distasteful, sharp, toxic. And James says, how is it possible that something sweet like a blessing and something so toxic like a curse could come forth from the very same fountain? This should not be, my brethren, he says. Then in verse 12, he rhetorically asks again, can the fig tree, my brethren, now he calls them brethren, the eighth time in this chapter, he's really getting into their faces. He says, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain yield salt water and fresh. Wow. Verse 13. But who is a wise man and a dude with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom and the word wise here is the Greek word sophos. It describes that individual that he was speaking to in verse 1 who claims to be a master teacher. He claims to be endued with special wisdom from on high. He's a real revelator. He says, hey, if there's really a revelator among you, let him show it. The word show, the Greek word dechnomy, listen to what it means. To outwardly demonstrate, to authenticate and prove, to guarantee, to show off, to display, to demonstrate. If you really have heavenly wisdom, then prove it with your mouth. And particularly, he says, out of a good conversation, the word conversation, the Greek word anastrophe, it describes a person's conduct. It describes their verbal conversation, their lifestyle. The word anastrophe, here translated conversation, literally describes a person's rising up, they're sitting down, they're going in, they're going out, their total lifestyle. He said that they're really moving in heavenly wisdom, divine revelation, prove it by the way they're living their life and the way they're speaking with their mouth. He says with meekness, and the word meekness here, the Greek word prautes, which really in this case describes soothing medication for a troubled person, a troubled situation, or a troubled mind. Wow, that is so powerful. Then he says in verse 14, But, but, if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Verse 15, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and 
devilish. That's where we're going to begin tomorrow. I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. Who controls you? You or your mouth? If you're tired of your mouth running all the time and saying things you later regret, it's time for you to learn how to tame the tongue. And if you're also trying to discern if what you're hearing on the TV and Internet is right or wrong revelation, it's high time for you to know how to figure out if you should eat or reject what you're listening to. In this five-part series by Rick Renner, Taming the Tongue and Discerning the Real Source of Revelations, you'll learn how to start letting the Holy Spirit tame your tongue, how to use your tongue to help and not hurt, the biblical evidence to prove a so-called revelation comes from a wrong spirit, the biblical evidence to prove a revelation has its origin in heaven. Available in digital or physical formats. This five-part series can be yours starting at just $10. In addition, we're also offering you the books Testing the Supernatural for $13 and How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy for $20. In these books, you'll learn how to test what you're listening to and how to keep your head on straight in a world that seems to be getting crazier all the time. Don't miss this special offer, the series Taming the Tongue and Discerning the Real Source of Revelations, and the books Testing the Supernatural and How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. This is Rick Renner. I want to give you a good report. It is amazing, but we just signed the papers to purchase our new building in Tulsa, a new headquarters for our ministry. We've been in the same location for years and years and years, and we've outgrown it. And because so many people are reaching out to us for more teaching and for prayer and for ministry, we need more space so we can effectively minister to them. And at the same time, we're constructing our studio in Moscow, where we're going to be filming the most wonderful Bible teaching programs that touch people all over the world. But the only reason we're able to do all of this at one time is because of people like you that are members of our giving team. And because of your gifts, we're able to do this in Tulsa, we're able to do this in Moscow. And my friends, I want to remind you that it's not about the buildings, no, no, no. It's about people that need to be touched. We just need space so that we can minister to them. And I want to say thank you so much for being a part of the giving team and remaining a part of the giving team as we get the buildings ready and put up walls and get ready to produce programming and to minister to people all over the face of the planet. And if you're not a partner and a member of our giving team yet, please, become a part of our team today. Today we have covered so much information and I know that you cannot possibly remember all of it. So please order the entire series, which is called Taming the Tongue and Discerning the Real Source of Revelations. The subtitle says Practical Help for controlling your mouth and sensibly discerning right and wrong revelation. You will love this and it will be such a benefit to your life and it comes with a study guide. And we're also offering you right now 
my book, which is called Testing the Supernatural, How to Biblically Test Dreams, Visions, Revelations, and Supernatural Manifestations. And we're also offering you my book, which is called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. Writing this book really affected me. And I believe that when you read this book, it will positively affect you and show you how to keep your head on straight in a world that seems to be going berserk. But I want to pray for you. Father, thank you so much for every friend that's with me today. Be with us again tomorrow as we begin to study, Lord, what is the evidence of a wrong revelation and a right revelation. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, where the word of a king is, there's power. I'll see you tomorrow.